ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12 of Jordan Drew the Sports Crew. And you heard our new intro there. We're trying something new, spicing it up a little bit. And if you didn't hear it, then it turned out bad and we decided not to air it. But I think it turned out fine. We'll see. It's the Memorial Day special here on Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, full disclosure, we're recording on Thursday night. So we're recording early this week. Big holiday weekend coming up. We're busy. We got plans. Things are going on. And earlier tonight, we recorded episode one of the Summer Sports Spectacular that debuts in two days. Tell the folks, I think our first episode went phenomenal. Two days away, and yes, Jordan is right. It was a phenomenal episode. Jordan Lorenz and I, we discuss everything about the 2005-2006 Rose Bowl between USC and Texas. It was an absolute treat of a game, and you are going to want to listen to this Wednesday because when you guys, guys like Reggie Bush, Vince Young, in a championship game, you, you just got to listen. I'm going to leave it at that. One seed and two seed, both undefeated for the year. USC number one all year long. Texas number two all year long. It was meant to be. And boy, was it a game. Watch it now. Watch it Tuesday. Watch it Wednesday morning. But watch it before you listen to that podcast. And even if you don't watch it, that's okay. We went really in-depth on the game itself. Talked all about it. I thought it went great. And we're going to improve. We're going to make more. We got nine more episodes coming. Can't wait for all those. You got to listen to the end of that episode to figure out what episode two is we're not going to say it here so subscribe to our youtube channel numbers big again like episode 11 was kind of just and you know average and then all of a sudden i woke up one morning youtube numbers through the roof we love it up to 21 apple podcast reviews so we made it past 20 we had some people come in clutch we're at 18 subscribers on youtube so everything is going well and we're up to 30 followers on instagram jordan drew underscore sports crew follow us there if you haven't and I made a nice little collage for episode 11. I think they pop. And I'm going to start using those as our YouTube thumbnails to give us some, you know, additional stuff, make it look a little better. We'll be doing that. But let's get right into the stats of the week. We got multiple this week, four of them to be exact. Let's start with Brandon Woodruff. He is six all time with the lowest OPS in a first 10 starts of a season. 0.402 is his OPS. The only men above him, all five, are in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, if that's predicting the future, mighty fine future ahead for Brandon Woodruff. We've got a ton of Brewers stuff to talk about coming up. Speaking of Brewers, one of their affiliates, the Carolina Mudcats, has a guy named Gabe Holt. And Gabe Holt is tied for four individuals. So there's a four-way tie for most runs in a game. Five runs scored Gabe Holt wow. touched home plate five times in the same game and this was a game where the Mudcats won 23 to 7 on 20 hits I'm not going to say names Drew but listen to these stats four of six with a home run a double and three RBIs three of six a home run a stolen base and six RBIs three of three a home run four RBIs two of four two walks and two doubles Two of three, two doubles, two RBIs. One of five, a home run, two RBIs, and a walk. And then there was another guy who hit a two-run home run. That's insane. It sounds like MLB the show, you're playing someone online who's not as skilled, and you're just taking BP off them is what I'm hearing. Sounds like it. 23-7, an absolute beating from the Carolina Mudcats. And our last stat, 
John Morant, 47 points is the most by any player, 21 or younger in NBA postseason history. We got some buck stock coming up, but how about him? 47 points, big, big game. And let's move to on this day. As we said, it is Memorial Day, May 31st. On this day in 1927, Tigers first baseman Johnny Noon makes an unassisted triple play. What? You've, you've seen an unassisted triple play before, Jordan, right? Yeah, but this had to be one of the first. Oh, for sure, 1927. It's got to be. I mean, we've seen we've seen a numerous ones in the last 20-something years or so. I know Oscar sure, Cabrera yeah. turned one. And, yeah, I, it's always a cool thing to see a guy turn around since the triple play, I think. But 27. Definitely I mean, that's almost 100 years ago. It doesn't say it's the first, but I don't know. I'm assuming it's up there. On the stay in 1948, Tommy Lasorda strikes out 25 Amsterdam rug makers. In 15 innings, and Drew, you were telling me, Tommy Lasorda, what a guy who just passed away earlier oh. this year. Yeah, rest in peace, Tommy Lasorda. But, yeah, he was a legend. He managed the Dodgers for a long 20 over 20-something years, and he's just one of those key, key per- people of those franchi- of that franchise who was just truly iconic. And I think I think he was – like I think him, of him, I think of Vince Scully – and then I think I think those two are just like two guys who are just are like Dodger Hall of Fame, you know, up there on that the Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. Yes, we will say it at the same time. Good stuff. On this day, in 1964, the San Francisco Giants beat the New York Mets eight to six in 23 innings. How long did that one go? Seven hours and 32 minutes. Oh my God, that's a marathon. It's a lot it's of almost, baseball. It's almost a third of the day on that game that is unreal and it says second game in parentheses so i don't know if that was a double header but if that was that's even more insane on this day in 1983 the 37th nba championship as the 76ers sweep the lakers in four games a sweep in the championship how about it on this day in 1985 the new orleans saints are sold for 70 million Two hundred four thousand dollars in retrospect, that is a steal. I mean, you know how much teams are going for these days? Seventy mil. Yeah, this seventy million—that's nothing. But that's how much times have changed. Inflation, oil oh boy. On this day, nineteen eighty-seven, the Stanley Cup final, as the Edmonton Oilers beat the Philadelphia Flyers three to one to win four games to three. And that's the Oilers' third Stanley Cup. So in Game Seven, Oilers beat the Flyers three to one. I'm we have all, well, we got a hockey game to talk about. Game seven, Wild, Golden Knights. Well, you'll hear about it here in a minute. On this day in 2008, Usain Bolt breaks the world record in a 100-meter sprint, 9.72 seconds. I just thought this was fascinating because I remember Usain Bolt like he was yesterday, and this is 13 years old, dude. I mean, we're going back. I didn't realize that was that long ago when Usain Bolt was such a beast. And Olympics are coming up this summer. Woo! Can't wait. We'll talk. We'll talk some Olympics on here if yeah. they even happen. I know they're still saying like things might not go, but I don't know. We got to hope that the Olympics happen. I miss them. We were supposed to have them last year and everything went south. So it's moving on. And it is time for our weekly sports talk segment. I just got up the press release for Manitowoc Lincoln's high school athletic department. And it says Riley Garb is named girl varsity basketball coach. We've got a new coach for the girls. Coach Barry Harris has stepped down. It says he resigned, but 
Let's read the first paragraph. Manitowoc Lincoln High School has hired Mr. Riley Garb to lead its girls basketball program. Garb, an educator with the MPSD and former junior varsity girls basketball coach at LHS, is replacing Barry Harris, who resigned the position at the end of the past season for Garb. This is his first head coaching position. So Barry Harris, is he there two or three years? I don't remember, but I just know none of the girls liked him and they weren't doing very well. And he stepped down, and that was the thing. So now we've got a new coach for the girls. Going to see what he can do this year. I mean, that's fun. It's exciting. It's his first time coaching varsity. He was a JV coach, but now the guy's got a lot on his plate. And we'll see what he can do, and we'll see if he can turn the team around. So staying on the basketball, let's go to high school, to college. Drew Timmy is back with Gonzaga. I was saying, God, the Zags might win it all if their guys stay. You say, eh, I don't know who's all going to say. Timmy's back. Let's go. I la- I'm doing the mustache celebration right now. I know you guys can't see it, but yeah, I Drew saw Timmy's it. I back. Saw Let's it. go. Love the guy. I love the man. He's he's so oh, yeah. athlete- he's so good in the post. He is a phenomenal player in the post. He's just a force to be reckoned with. And I think a guy like with him coming back, I think imagine like if a guy like Luca Garza came back. Imagine if these two guys who were just the probably the number one, number two best post players in college basketball this past season. Imagine if they both come back. I mean, I, I don't think Garza is. I'm not sure. No, if he's no way. No way. But, I mean, he's certainly eligible because yeah, of the true. whole year of eligibility. But I would love yeah. to see him come back. I just, Imagine, I you know, be... they do that tip-off series and they do Gonzaga versus Illinois. That That'd would be, be fun. Timmy last year averaged 19 points, 7 rebounds. 2.3 of those were offensive rebounds. He shot 65.5% from the field, played 28.2 minutes a game. Played in 32 games and started each and every one of them. I mean, this guy did very, very well for himself. And he averaged under two turnovers a game. So I just thought that is, that's very, very well for a big man, especially, you know, you can get stripped down in the post, lose the ball easily. But no, Timmy did some very good stuff. So now high school, college to pros. Let's talk about it. We're a little behind with our Bucks talk here. So we're just going to talk about what we know. Game two of the series was an absolute dominant performance by the Milwaukee Bucks. We talked about it in our interview with Clay. It was like 144 to 90 something when they played back in December. This reminiscent of that, the Bucks win 132 to 98. And Mr. Drew Skyberg, this was the Bryn Forbes show. Yes, it was, Jordan. And what we saw was Bryn Forbes. He comes off the bench, and the, the everyone was already hot. Giannis made a pull-up three to start the game, and everything was just rolling for the Bucks. Everything went their way. The crowd was into it, and then Bryn Forbes was just lighting it up. He had three or four threes right away. Pat Connaughton got in the mix. He got a couple in the first quarter, and this Bucks team was just shooting lights out. They had, I'm not sure, I think they had like 14 threes and a half maybe. They, had, they were. Yeah, it was a high number. They had this high number, and the first half was just all this three-point shooting. And then in the second half, because they were up so much, we saw them shift more to, like, a paint approach. They were really – they are getting some dunks. Their Giannis was catching lobs and throwing them down. We saw Middleton even throw down a dunk, and that was, I thought that was great to see because, I you know, I'm a big Chris Middleton stand here. And I just thought the Bucks overall, they played a phenomenal game. It got a little chippy at the end, Jordan. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. I mean, you're up by 30 points. It's – yeah, we saw, we saw Bobby, Bordas, Bobby Portis picked up a technical foul. Uh, we saw Goran Dragic make a few dirty plays, which, I mean, he's known for. 
Is he was, the one who pushed up on Giannis? That would be him. Yeah. He yeah. is. He has a history of making some dirty plays. It's all over YouTube if you want to go look. But he's he certainly they were kind of they were getting frustrated with the Bucks defense. The Bucks were just active. Clay talk, Clay talked about it with us, like how how active this Bucks defense truly could be with guys like Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it was great to watch. And currently, right now, the Bucks are up eighty six to what is it eighty six to sixty end of three yes. right now. So actually, that, just turned eighty eight to sixty. So oh, I mean, things are looking good so in Bucks game three. Might be up, or Bucks will be up three zero probably when when you guys are watching. They might even want have won. They the might have won, They might have so swept. Three one huh? might be. Yeah, we're hoping for the sweep. So they can play pro- most likely the Philadelphia or the Brooklyn Nets Brooklyn, will be right? actually. Yeah, the Celtics have not been looking good to start the series, yeah, and your Celtics kind of suck. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I'm fully aware that they aren't doing well, but I mean this series especially. I thought Tatum was hot in the play in game, fifty points, kept us alive, gets us into this, and it's been non-competitive against the Nets. But in game no two, yes, no that's yet. been a big thing. That's really been one of the big things for the Celtics team, and that's why. Tatum had to step up like he did and score 50, but Giannis, 31 points, 13 boards in this game too. Drew Holiday, 11 points, 15 assists. How about it? Drew Holiday, I mean, that's insane. 15 assists for this guy, and like we said, hopefully they get the sweep, and they are done with the heat. Game three certainly seems to be a lock, and game four, who knows what'll happen, and by now we'll know if the Golden Knights or the Minnesota Wild have advanced to play the Colorado Avalanche. Drew, this team, are wild. We're down three games to one. They win game five, four to two. That was a close game, but they get an empty net goal late, seal the deal, four two, and then they win three nothing game six. It was a dominant three nothing performance in a game that didn't have much offense to start. Then things picked up and it was all wild. So game seven took place Friday night, and we will know. Which team is playing the Colorado Avalanche? Wilder hot. Vegas, there's rumors. They might not go with Marc-Andre Fleury for goalie. They might change it up, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to do that, but it's it's a possibility. We're just going to have to see. Cam Talbot was absolutely great in game six. He's been doing very, very well. Game one, he did great. I mean, they gave he gave up five goals in game three, but whatever. Game three and game four, he gave up four goals. So we're just going to have to hope. For the best there with the Minnesota Wild. Hopefully they came back. There's only been two times in franchise history they came back from being down 3-1 in a series. And both those times happened in the same year. So we're going to try and break that record and do some good things. And let's move to a little football real quick before we end with our Brewers talk. There's these things, right? called OTAs. And they're all voluntary, right? They're all these voluntary things that people can go to. Devontae Adams, Al Lazard, MVS, St. Brown, Devin Funches, Aaron Rodgers, not there. None of them attended these. And we're just going to touch on it briefly, but I don't think that's a good sign at all. Aaron Rodgers is on vacation in Hawaii, but still, he obviously knew that these were taking place. And I get that they're voluntary. And I think he missed them last year as well. But still, this isn't a good sign. No, and... Like, I know Jordan Love was there, and he was throwing to those backup wide receivers because, like you just mentioned, top five receivers, where are they? They're not there either. So, obviously, there's going to be some connection, and we've mentioned it on the show already with Devontae Adams, and he is really – he wants Rodgers there, which I don't blame him, but 
Right. Rodgers made think, him a star. And I think this is what the I think these wide receivers, I think they're really standing up for Aaron Rodgers is what we're what we're exactly what we're seeing here. And I won't be won't be surprised if Rodgers were to go. There would be, you know, the, I couldn't I could not even imagine the clubhouse, like how on I guess the locker room, how much issues or how many issues there would truly be. It's showing their allegiance to Aaron Rodgers and not to the team is what it's really showing. And that's not a good sign because a good leader is going to stand up for the team and not themselves. Aaron Rodgers can do whatever he wants. He's all famer. He whatever. Right. But the fact that he's got all these guys wrapped around his finger, it seems, and he's probably told them, he's like, Hey, don't go. You don't have to go or whatever. I'm sure there's some group chat or something where they're all talking. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is on the match. Did you see that for golf? He's going to be on that. Him against Tom Brady. I watched, I didn't watch the original with Tiger and Phil, like when they were just going against each other, but I watched the other two. I don't know. I think they're fun. They're long, but if you don't watch them live like I do and I just fast forward through things, I think they're fun and enjoyable. So we'll have to see what Aaron Rodgers does on there. Still plenty of time before the season. There'll be more Packer talk, but let's go to the Brewers. The Brewers get a win on Thursday, 6 5, back to back extra inning games. Over the Padres, well, they lost the first extra inning game, two to one. That game on Wednesday, you were there, Drew. There is no reason this team should have lost on Wednesday. That game, there, so many unhappy fans, which I don't blame them. Uh, I I don't know what was worse. Um, Keston here had a rough last two innings, but the Padres again, they made great plays. I'll just I'm gonna touch on it briefly, and then bottom of the ninth, they had. Runners on first and second with nobody out. Zero. They just, they couldn't get the job done. One, one. Uh, It's infuriating. Strikeouts. Keston here again. The the kid's struggling. And dude, his bats aren't even competitive. He's swinging at everything. They, they really, they truly aren't. And I will give him credit. Thursday's game. He put down that beautiful bunt. Oh yes. In the 10th. And he got an ovation for it. Rightfully so. But. Talking When's more about the last Hero? time you've seen a standing ovation for a bunt? Yeah, and that shows just that shows his struggles. And like on Wednesday's game, um, Suter comes in, he gives up a base hit right away in the top of the tenth because the runner starts on second with nobody out. Yeah, extra innings. So I always call that the guaranteed run because I feel like if you don't score one run in the tenth inning or whatever, you're doing something wrong. But then in the bottom of the tenth, Brewers have that runner on second which is great. They get a single, you know, so they have runners first and second, first and third, my bad. And um, Keston here is supposed to be running on contact <sighs> and the ball is hit on a line to the second baseman. It um, was not a line out. It was hit. It was just hit really hard. And Keston kind of did a little double take. Like he's like, Oh, this could have maybe been a caught. So he didn't want to get doubled up at third, but on a contact play, you're running no matter what. And that was just frustrating because he does this double play. And then Cronworth, I believe his name is. He makes it. There's second yeah. baseman. He makes an excellent play, and he, he nabs him at home because a he wasn't he wasn't going full speed because he was kind of like he didn't think the ball was coming home. It seemed because b he didn't even slide. He had Not, yeah he had no he clue up. that the ball would came home. He gave himself up, and you cannot be doing that when at home in an extra inning game that yeah and when you're the tie and run especially, and that was just. Brewer fans were booing, and I don't blame them. That was not a good look for Keston here, and they lost that game. And that, that's a game like it felt like, it truly felt like that. That was a win in my like because oh, Eric it seemed Lauer, like a lock at the bottom of the ninth. Oh yeah, and I think Eric Lauer. I just I 
we can't talk enough about how much he performed. He had six strikeouts over six innings. Home run. He had home run too. He had his first big league hit was a home run, I believe. Or how or sad first, is it? Yeah, I think it, his, I think it was. Maybe it was. I'm not sure. I, it was his first hit this year. I know. I don't know if it yeah, was his first this year for sure. But it was a how bomb. sad is Chris it? Paddock. How sad is it that Adrian Hauser has the total amount of home runs as Yelich and Hiradu combined? That is. If you told me that a year ago, I would slap you silly, Jordan. Yeah, you'd think I'm on drugs. I would be so surprised because, like, that, oh, my Especially goodness. this deep into the season. Yeah, like, we're a quarter of the way done already, and they still, at least Yelich is starting to pick it up, I feel. I mean, I'm, he's, he is he's putting finding himself again. He's putting together some good at-bats, and, I mean, with Yelich, you expect that, but Keston is just not yet, and... Uh, one guy who who we missed, he had a hot start. He was actually a big part of the first series against the Padres was Billy McKinney. And now, as we know, he was traded to the Mets. This is and... kind of embarrassing. He gets traded for a 17-year-old. I mean, that's like if yeah. you if you get traded and then you look for what you got traded for, it's a 17-year-old. I feel like that's a slap in the face. Yeah, and we were talking about that hot start Billy McKinney had at the start of the year, as you remember. He's but like 400. I'm, yep, I'm going to read you something, Jordan. All right. His slash line for his last 59 plate, of, plate appearances, a 154 average, a 237 OBP on base Oof. percentage, and a 212 slugging. So he's wow. been very, very poor lately, and the Brewers were finally like, all right, we get we got a good stretch out of you, and they kind of, we're starting to see the real Billy McKinney, which he was is, hot when he needed to be when Kane and Yelich yep. were out, and now he's just been in. Yep. Pitchers made adjustments, and now he's on the Mets, is what happened. So, Billy McKinney, we appreciate your time with the Brewers. You made that nice diving catch and left against the Padres the first series. You had some home runs. Thank you for it, but goodbye. And that's baseball. That's how it works. And also, did you yeah. see D Strange Gordon is now a club? Yeah, what a. What a what a move by the Cubs there. We were just talking about how how we had him in AAA. He was putting up together some pretty good stats, and there he goes. And he's gone just like that. So let's talk Thursday's game real quick for a minute. We talked about the trade last week, right? Trevor Richards, Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas hits a no-doubt three-run shot in this game on Thursday. He was four of five, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And, dude, he is insane. He's bringing fire to this bullpen, to the clubhouse, I should say, and the bullpen, Trevor Richards came out for two innings and gives up three earned runs. The Brewers were leading, and Trevor Richards blows it all out. Thankfully, the Adamas home run got us back into the game, but it's I'm still 50-50 on this trade at this point because if Trevor Richards does this all the time, Adamas has just got to pick up the slacks. Yep, and Jordan, I'm going to read you something. To, I'm going to try to change your mind here. So far, what we got on Willie Adamas, in his first 15 plate appearances since joining the Brewers, we got a 333 average, four three. walks compared to three strikeouts. So we've seen some great things so far, and we're seeing it's a stat I mentioned last week about how Adamas's OPS when he's at away ballparks compared to Tropicana. At, at away ballparks, it was over a thousand last year, and hopefully we can get. I'm not gonna say over a thousand, but like we can get maybe in the 900s. That'd be that'd be great to see. High eight hundreds, even yeah, even 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 the eight hundreds. But like so far, the the pace he he's going at right now. I mean, it's some offense that is much needed at the shortstop position. Something we have not seen in years. 
it's been a while that's for sure and more walks than strikeouts that is huge because this is a strikeout heavy team I mean JBJ Yelich here you're looking at guys who are striking out left and right so you've got some more guys you want to talk about though don't you here we go part two of Drew's views yes the special we used to do on OWOMT maybe we bring it back next year hopefully if we can get some fingers crossed fingers crossed and I got my pitching candidates who are under the radar in my eyes. I got three honorable mentions we're going to touch on right away. We know are these all for are. the Brewers or these are just for the league? These are three Brewers, Jordan. Okay. Friends. okay. Brandon Woodruff, who has been he's, – he's essentially the number two guy behind DeGrom this year for Cy Young. Has to be. He has to be, yeah. And then Corbin Burns, I know he had a little, he had a little rough outing Tuesday, but he's still under the radar. I mean, if you're a guy like, let me just say this real quick. If you're a guy like Corbin Burns, you are more than allowed to have an off game here and there. There's no way he keeps up at the pace he does. I mean, if he gives up one four run game once a month, he's fine. Oh, well, yeah. And then last guy, Freddie Peralta, who has been, he was the number five star coming in and he's, he's been performing like an ace. So that's been been doing spectacular, really flies under the radar with Woodruff and Burns because people who pre appreciate those two then you look at a guy like Peralta and you're like eh but you look at his numbers and what he's done for the team he's been doing spectacular I agree and now we're going to move on to some guys who are not on the Brewers and my first guy is I believe the NL rookie of the year right now in Trevor Rogers from the Miami Marlins he's a 6'5 270 pound lefty he's 23 years old he's 6 and 2 this year with a 1.75 ERA and He's just been really good. Um, the Brewers faced him earlier, and as we know, the Brewers are not good against any good starting pitching, so they <laughs> did not have they did not do good against him. But he has been a force, and he's he's really a crafty lefty. He throws a lot of junk, and I don't know. I I like him. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year this year for the NL. At least he's on pace to. It's a possibility. Do you know who he is, Jordan? Or is this yes, year? yes. I, awesome. I didn't watch the game he pitched against us, but I do. Definitely have heard the name. And you're t- he's 6-2, and two, you said? I mean, yeah. talk about a guy who's actually getting run support. How nice it must be. Unlike the Brewers starting pitching, you are correct. And ready for guy number two? Carlos number two? Rodon. Oh, he yes, yes. The no-no, this, one, one of the many one of no-nos. Them. And he's been great this year. He's 5-2 and two this year with a 1.29 ERA. He's got wow. 72 strikeouts in 48 and two-thirds. And this is a guy who... Again, I, I'm not. I don't even think he was the ace coming in this year, and he uh, he wasn't. And he, he's been phenomenal. He had Tommy John a few years ago, and just the way he's been able to come back has been incredible. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think this guy. He's certainly an AL Cy Young candidate, to say the least. We love a good comeback story, especially after the Tommy John. And we talked about deducing the baseballs. Look at how low some of these ERAs are. I mean, what did you say? 1.2 something? And all these other ones are like under 2. 1.29. That is, there's no way he keeps that up. These next two guys, Jordan, are exactly prove your point. I got a guy right now, Kevin Gosman. Do you know who that is? No. He, this year, Jordan, he is the sleeper Cy Young candidate for the NL, which might surprise you. Last year, he had a 3.62 ERA. This year, 1.53 ERAs, 5-0 and oh so far. God, this year. less than half. 76 strikeouts at 64 and two-thirds. His war already is 3.1. Wow. Width above replacement, the stat we mm-hmm. talked about last week. And 
yeah, he's been he's been everything this year for the Giants. He's been their number one guy, and this really was unexpected compared because I'm like his ERAs for the past few years: three point six two, four point oh three, six point one nine, five point seven two. That's just the last four years, and that is yeah. Just like, to go from that high to this low, something's out there. That's incredible, though. Yeah, and just to clarify on those ERAs, I was talking because, like, he was on three different teams in 2019, and his ERAs all were above all above four for three different teams in that year. So that is for Kevin Gosman. I think he is, like like I said, I think he's going to be the number three Cy Young guy. He's going to be the, he's the third guy, at least right now. Maybe we do mid-seasons award, mid-season awards for MLB. The All-Star Definitely. break, we'll see. All-Star break, yeah. And my last guy, I got another AL guy to close it out. So we go NL to AL, NL, and now to our last AL guy, Kyle Gibson for the Texas Rangers, which the reason I chose this guy is because his strikeouts might not be that high, but he is 3-0 this year with a 2.24 ERA with 48 strikeouts and 60 and a third innings. And this is a phenomenal ERA from... 2020 to 2021 in 2020 Jordan he had a 5.35 in ERA in the shortened season which as we know is good not good at all and now this year a 2.24 and this is really great for him um he's really changing turning his career around because his lowest ERA before that was 20 in 2015 with a 3.84 and so I'm really hoping he keeps that up because I mean he's almost at half of that yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is a phenomenal start for Kyle Gibson so far this year. And he's my final guy in Drew's views for the pitching candidates. And maybe we bring Drew's views back for, I don't know, maybe for some other sports. But that's for the baseball. That's my, Drew's views, the pitcher special. Hey, who knows? It could be a weekly thing. But speaking of weekly things, I just spun the wheel. Let's go. Guess what? Sports balls is the category. I am incredibly excited for this. These things are all over the place, and we're actually right at the 30-minute mark, so this couldn't have been done any better. We did perfect. Question number one. You should get this. How big is an NBA basketball? How big? Yeah, we're talking inches. Like, you know, when you go down the aisle. 29.5? Yes. I was going to say, you go down the aisle and you look at all the basketballs and you're like, hmm, what ball do I want? Yes, 29.5 is correct. Next question. How many laces are on top of a football? 13? Eight. Eight? Oh. 13 is a bit much. I was five off. I don't, I'm not a quarterback. I'm a center. I, yeah, I just no. touched the laces a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to stare at them. Next question. This one you should be able to get. Name one of the two shapes on a soccer ball. Oh, I should as a so it's gonna be well, the ball is a circle, so it's like a sphere, but I don't know if that's if there's pentagons, no it's hexagons. Both of them, yeah. Pentagon hexagons, and hexagon. hexagon. That's what it's on yeah. it. Yep. Okay, so that is I, I, good. I was gonna say you almost changed your answer and it could have been bad, but no. So you're good. This next one is going to be tough. You're gonna have to pull a number out. How many inches larger is a softball than a baseball? So we're talking circumference. How many inches larger is a softball than a baseball? I I am a big brain here. I can think this one out. I'm going to say four inches. Oh, it's three. Darn it. I was going to say three. 
that is that was tough. I don't know how many people would have actually got that, but I'm glad you didn't pick something stupid like 10 inches because then we would have just laughed at you. Final question. This one is tough. The original wiffle ball had how many holes? Oh, oh. so you know okay. wiffle ball, obviously. Yes, right? I do. Um, I'm thinking nine. Eight. Darn it. See, oh, come on, Jordan. This is just I I am really good at being one off in trivia. That's what I've learned. Yes, Everything, that's your specialty. The years, year of the Bucks thing, I was one off. Robert Schimmick and our trivia, I was one off. And now two times today, I'm one off. I am really good at being close. How about that? Close counts for nothing in life, but it, that was a lot of those were tough, but I knew that was going to be fun. And that's why I included it. I mean, such random things that I decided to research and put in, but that was good stuff. Two out of five. Not the worst. You're six out of 10 now to start trivia. And weren't you 60% in season one? I was around there. Yeah. Yeah. You were right around there. So you're staying there now. We're going to hope season two turns out a little better. Obviously we've got more topics to come in trivia and I'm certainly going to add some things as well. So don't you forget about that, but that wraps it up. Our big old Memorial Day special. I always get Memorial Day and Labor Day confused. I don't know why, but this is our Memorial Day special. And it has wrapped up. Drew, tell all of the people where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram, Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. And Jordan, I'm going to quickly shout out the Instagram again because we got to shout this thing out. Have to. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on Instagram. Make sure to follow us. We're over 30 followers, like Jordan said. Let's get us over 40. How about that? Yeah, we want more. We're greedy. We want all the followers we can get. And coming this Wednesday, the Summer Sports Spectacular. Set your calendar, set your alerts, set it all so you are ready for that. And watch the Rose Bowl, Texas and USC. Watch it before so you're prepared and you're ready. Fun stuff. Such a good episode. But this wraps up episode 12. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. Subscribe on our YouTube. We're shouting them all out again. Why not? It's a holiday. Give us that love. And hey, I was thinking... I'm going to the Brewer game this coming Sunday, June 6th, and they're giving away that Hank Aaron bobblehead. Maybe you'll get one of my Hank Aarons because I don't need three of them. So maybe I'll give you one of those. <gasps> That'd be awesome. That would be great. We'll have to see. I think it's a beautiful bobblehead, but well, I'll, I'll be there. They're playing the Diamondbacks. We are a terrible team, so they should be able to beat them easily. We'll talk about it. And we'll get it all fixed coming up. But thank you for listening to episode 12 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.